I have the honour of sitting in the sitting room in Blackrock, County Dublin with Paddy Maloney of the Chieftains. Paddy, Paddy, thanks a million, first of all, for allowing me into your home and welcome to the Gaelic Hour. You're very, very welcome, uh, Walter Road, August Mary Fashion. You're all very welcome. It's always a great pleasure and uh, wonderful friends that we have in Canada and, of course, in, in Ottawa and great memories and stories and that took place in that great city you know. and of course you're coming to Ottawa and we'll be seeing you on the stage of the National Arts Centre on the 6th of October yeah, it's always terrific theatre usually a lovely buzz, a lovely feeling about that theatre I don't know what it is, and the photographs on the wall, I can still see it and, uh, the happening there and, and afterwards of course meeting up with so many people great people. On the 6th you have uh, some Canadian talent joining you on stage we have indeed, we have Jimmy Rankin yeah. the great Rankin family and as you know, they, they uh, recorded on Fire in the Kitchen, that album. Yes. It was so beautiful for the, for the lovely voices of those girls singing uh, Jimmy Mobile's store because they have Scots Galley. And they, they did this great harmony version. I got one English verse into it as well, you know. Right. They were great and I just loved them. What they've done for that part of the world, which is to me uh, another Celtic region which was ignored and I kept telling people about it because we always used to go to Brittany and to Galicia and to, to um, Scotland and Cornwall, the Isle of Man, Wales and, and uh, we'd have this Celtic Congress and come Cape Breton which is a terrible shame you know but that's all been resolved now and, and uh, the huge part that music is playing in, in uh, throughout the world now is just amazing and as you know two of our guests we have the two Palatskis, John and Nathan yes. Palatsky, and uh, they're from, uh, they do the they're Ottawa the Valley. Yeah, the Ottawa Valley style of dancing, which is from Irish dancing, of course. And of course, uh, they joined on the Old Plank Road. They're on the Old Plank Road, and playing was now for five years, yes. maybe six years, I think. And John uh, Palatsky, who has excelled, I mean, uh, he was always tipping around on the fiddle, but he would never play in front of Sean Keane. He just felt, you know... Intimidated. Intimidated. And, and, you know, I said, come on with that, you know. And eventually got the two of them playing, but he still wouldn't do it. So the following year, I said, you're on, and that's it. So he's, he, he often leads the fiddle section now, John does. Right. Uh, when Sean's not around, you know, Sean, you know, uh, John Pulaski. Then he pops up and dances with Nathan, yes. and then Cara Butler of course the, the long leg, legs we call her for short right. <laughs> uh, sister of, of the lovely Jean Butler of the River Dance fame that hopping around and she's with us now for maybe 14 years right. when you say 14 years that's kind of a, that's recent history in oh. the life of the Chieftains right yeah 1962 62 nearly 46 years now yeah. hopping around I mean and even before all of that into the 50s now I'm talking about much earlier than that you know I was forming the Chieftains and I had Barney McKenna right of the Dubliners playing the banjo and he was part of that and, and then there was uh, Sean Potts of course he was uh, but I had different quartets and duets and all the time trying to achieve the sound I wanted and that eventually came together for the album but in fact there was Chieftains going in the late 50s and of course I was associated with Sean dear old Sean O'Reilly that came about in the early 60s as well and, and it was you know a few concerts a year a few recordings and which um, also put another you know, sort of a leap forward for Irish music as well. Like he, he contributed uh, in that way, and then of course the, there was the Cultus Gilthori in the in the early fifties. I was at the first fly, you might say, right. uh, in nineteen fifty one, I think it was, and 
and uh, I think I only got second that year but I, I won four all Ireland medals after that but all of this was building up for me and then the band came about and I even had a skiffle band you know the old uh, uh, Ronnie Donegan putting on the agony and <laughs> so I had a skiffle group at one stage and, uh, just for fun you know yeah. the washboard and ukulele and, and uh, stuff things we got away with but um, always sort of heading towards what I wanted to achieve and that was the sound of the chieftains using only traditional Irish instruments and which was for me at that stage the bow on fiddle flute concertina pipes and, and uh, tin whistle there was two clubs I went to there was one on a Monday which was Church Street which was also a piper's club but it was a break away from, from the Thomas Street gang and they were all you know anyway <laughs> I was young enough to keep out of it all but uh, on Saturday night I'd go up to up to Thomas Street as well and Leo would be playing there and you know, but I used to go to Leo in the School of Music but we'd all get a chance anyway to sit down and have a, have a go and play and I remember dressing up in the same suits the whole lot of us there was 20 pipers which the first fly you know and uh, it was Rowson's brother uh, Leo's brother Tom Rowson who was the tailor across the road from Thomas Street right. he had two shops there uh, so he made all these lovely suits great times you know so I'll always remember that of course but and, and of course at that time in that area over around Thomas Street and, and that part of Dublin music was very rich it was like it, around the Liberties there there was the Tommy Wreck and uh, I used to love Tommy's style of piping I always liked Tommy he was great uh, and then the Potts uh, Sean Potts like his grandfather came up from, from uh, Wexford and and of course they all associated with Guinness and that's when they give us the brewery <laughs> but uh, John, old John Potts was a great piper as well and then Tommy Potts came out of there and, and then Sean lived there for a while so it was a great a lot of music happening in that area but I'd get on my from Donny Kearney I'd get on to the 20 bus and get it number 22 up to up to Thomas Street and where I lived in Donny Kearney was a little, there was a little hive of pipers there it was Leo Rowson the king of the pipers he was known uh, Dan Dowd Dan lived around the corner from me and uh, Peter Flynn and then myself was, and we were all in that same area which is amazing Paddy, why would you say at that time encouraged people to be involved? Like would, in 2007, mm -hmm. would you, you wouldn't have as many pipers out there. It was amazing. I mean, thank God for what has happened. There's no such thing as, as uh, any more of, of, um, of the tradition of piping going down because it's stronger now than ever all over the world. Mm -hmm. It's just amazing. I was reading the, I'm the only, the living, <laughs> bit worried about this, <laughs> founder member of the, uh, on the Peter Reillian, you know, in Penrietta Street, and uh, and that's just a whole building of pipes and pipers and associated, and and it's just going on and on. And a huge tour in Ireland this year of, of uh, just pipers going from town to town, and the Arts Council are supporting it, and so there's no just thing. But as I say, there was in those days, like from '45, I remember this big old photograph of pipers, and they went out to Ireland's Eye mm -hmm. for a picnic, and they played. You can imagine about 40 pipers playing out there <laughs> and frightened away our, our, our neighbours who came to visit. <laughs> I forgot to go back. <laughs> but uh, you know, the, the chump on the old timpan, you know that before the war pipes, like in the fourth, fifth century, eighth century, there was chump and there's reference to them in the Book of Leinster and this is what they used to have 
in front of the army he's going to war and this is where I got Derek Bell our old friend Ding Dong Bell I got Derek to, to uh, introduce and to get because he was a cymbalon player mm-hmm. and get that into the band as well because that was, that was part I wanted to complete all the traditional Irish instruments were for the music that the, this music was composed for these instruments and so to, uh, just and it, that all happened in 1975 when we did uh, the Tin Pan Reel What encouraged you or how did you come about taking a risk to take the Chieftains abroad? Well to, to, to go full time in fact but I was buying my time you know I was building up to it um, in 1974 that album Chieftains 4 was a quite a breakthrough for Irish music at home as well like there was a lot of recognition here for that particular album and and also abroad you know you start to write a little bit of film music like the morning Jews for a train sequence and you hear the trains little things like mm-hmm. that happening and, and even going back to the mid 60s even at the Chieftains won which was a one off it was really only one off that one out that first album there wasn't that much buzz or interest and the slagging you get walking down Dublin you know you had a pipe from mm-hmm. middle under your arm you know, <laughs> you know so but um, I had great belief like the Clancy's had achieved so much in the 50s late for old Tommy Megan mm-hmm. passed away there they made a great breakthrough for the ballads and the songs and that sort of thing not so maybe, maybe for the tr- traditional music maybe not so that but that was to come so I always felt that this wonderful uh, folk art of ours you know it needs to spread the gospel about it around the world and, and they had played Carnegie Hall and they had played in the Opera House Sydney Opera House and, and the Albert Hall so in fact our first big concert as on a professional basis was the Albert Hall in London in 1974 up to that we were semi-professional mm-hmm. I was running the record company Clada mm-hmm. and keeping an eye on things and, and then waiting for the time to ask the lads pull up the stakes let's go for it you know and it was a big like I got sabbaticals from from uh, Kirula Dali you know the late Kirula who was president but he, he was in, also attached to the Arts Council and so he, he uh, culturally, the cultural department on foreign affairs, he organised for the last three years without losing their jobs or pensions or whatever. Because oh, they were in the government? Yeah, two of them were in the post office. Right. And uh, Michael Tuberty just, he just took time off, he was self-employed. Right. Martin took in the job and old Derek Bell, he, Derek rambled into the band, as he said, he came along, he was never asked to join and never asked to leave, <laughs> he was there for over 30 years, he was a great character, you know, and we, as one of your audience was asking there, he's, oh, he was a huge loss, I never saw so many of the lads in tears when, when Derek died, because they loved, everybody loved him, he never had a crossword for anyone, and we used to knock great guys out of him, you know, right. like he was tremendously intellectual, I mean, he was, and he played all music, he was quite a genius musician and a know. tremendous sense of humour oh stop I mean you walk out on the stage like a Billy Bunter you know and he plop down there <laughs> and if you let him up near the microphone you took a huge risk <laughs> and the things that came out were, but not not in, a, not in a very crude or bad you know it was always funny borderline oh yeah yeah exactly yeah but he was wonderful and him and I were big pals and we used to take off together after shows and get up to mischief sometimes <laughs> so he was a huge loss and, and he he, uh, he did manage to get on to the last of that series that down the old plank road mm-hmm. but he was in nashville and to be honest he was quite ill and uh, he was after a week or 10 days or something like that he was 
Oh, packed up and gone back to his cats. As <laughs> he got all his cats, and playing with him back to Belfast. And this was down in Phoenix, and he passed away on phone. And he was on, he was on his own, which mm. was very sad. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, Derek. Now we have a, a big concert coming up uh, in October with the uh, Ulster Orchestra, which he played in, and it'll be a, sort of a in honour of, of old Ding Dong Bell, as right. I call him, Derek. You know, um, and a lot of his friends will be there. It's also a, a great concert because since the you know the way things have down and just much more you know getting together now between Northern Ireland and, and, this, and ourselves here and so it's it's a sort of a break through this particular concert at Queen's Festival and right. I even have a lamb bag drum playing and it, which it really is part of uh, the foggy Jew okay. <laughs> you know? okay. and, and just a great mixture because I see no barriers between art and, and uh, we never reneged on our friends up there we always went and played for all sections of the community I mean you know we had James Callway who who was in one of the <laughs> the Orange Flute bands, you know, in his younger days, and, and Van Morrison, of yeah. course. Um, and of course, that was I was asked to ask as well in relation to that, that yeah. uh, if you felt that the Irish heartbeat may have had played a role in the peace process. I wouldn't think so. I mean, it'd be nice to say that, but uh, no, I wouldn't think so at all. I mean, Van came to us in mid-80s, and uh, I remember playing with him, and he was always a great admirer. But to me, his style of, like, he was an orphan, he was brought up an orphan Protestant too, uh, but the style that he has is it's not uncommon in ways with some of the Shannon singers from Connemara. Right. When he goes into one of those long, and, and he ends off this, you know, and it's, <laughs> I mean, there was a whole, there's a book to be written on the making of that album, and they're getting together, and they're round and they lost stuff, but it only took a week. You know, and, and he said, great shapes, buddy, great shapes. I put all the stuff together, you know, great shapes. But, um, and, uh, <laughs> but it was fantastic moments. I mean, Van is still Van. Uh, difficult, but he's never been so popular around the world. You know, he, he did uh, Shenandoah, for instance. Now, that song, Shenandoah, for the Long Journey Home album, and which got a Grammy, won a Grammy. But he wouldn't turn up for the Grammys. We were asked to play on the Grammy concert, and he said, well, I'm going to win. I said, I don't know what I'm going to win, but I mean, they've invited us. It's looking good, you know. We've been nominated. That means that we're in the top five around the world. I mean, God, we, you have to come. Oh, no, no, I'm not going So we missed out on a big concert, you know. And it was, I mean, to play on the Grammys concert would have been just fantastic. Yeah. And I admire him for what he is and what he does. Like, that's him. That's his. That's the way the man is. And the Chieftains have played where many others never would, would have played mm. like you've got, you you opened the doors in China you were on the, yeah. the Berlin Wall that's right yeah. um, 83 was China I think yeah. yeah looking back on a career where you've been able to bring traditional Irish music off of, off of the world and I know we talked about our former ambassador Martin Burke and mm. Martin always referred to you guys as the greatest ambassadors of Irish music that could be <laughs> yeah we, we seem to have earned that uh, or, and even to last year you know, we played in Houston and um, headlines were, you know, still kings of the Celtic War. You know, just when now we're trying to calm things down and cut back a little bit, we are getting more popular than we ever were before almost, you know. Carnegie Hall this year was biggest and best. I mean, I had a 72 people on stage at the end of the show and everybody just wouldn't, they wouldn't sit down, you know, they just all stood up and, and it was great and we're back again next year, you know. So it seems to be taken over and, and uh, 
I mean, came in at the right time too. Just the uh, right time, the music, and well, I, 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 on an audience that was strange to them. You know, just I, I think that some of what you may have said yourself, and that was that you had a very clear concept mm. of what sound you wanted the chieftains to achieve and obviously that sound reverberates around the world as having and connecting with people very much so and they don't have to know the language no you know you can after China you mentioned there you know we, we got a standing ovation we were warned that don't be surprised if some of the audience full house and all they might just ramble off you know that's part of their thing you know they mightn't applause or whatever you know but we got a standing ovation which is great and it was a huge breakthrough bringing this you know, and we were the first band from the West ever to, to do this, you mm -hmm. know, to play on the Great Wall. You know, we were the first band for that to happen. And okay, it, was, it wasn't rock and roll or that, but it was, it was Irish traditional music. And Japan, for instance, again this year, you now we're going there 25 years, and, and the audience are getting younger and younger. We're getting older, we're getting younger. And, you know, we had one of our pop stars do a song where it's like, I've got them doing Shoot a Ruin. Uh, recorded, uh, we recorded a song and she came over here, this 22 year old, she's popping around the place, I mean she's like a bjog, you know, that kind of girl and uh, full of, oh god, what we need is boot, <laughs> boot. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but she sang in Gaelic, I got her singing Irish and I could understand her Gaelic more than I could her English Right. You know, she sang Sure to Ruin, you know, which is lovely. It'll be coming out sometime on one of our albums, but for the moment it's on one of ours. But Japan still get, got bigger and better, and, and the buzz was just the tremendous, you know. So, you know, going back to what you were saying earlier about the sound, like it is the band sound, we stuck to that. Mind you, you'd say, hang on a minute now, you know, what's these Rolling Stones guys doing to playing the, the Rocky Road to Dublin? But it's a 300 year old song or whatever. And, you know, I, I put a blast of satisfaction into the middle of it, and they, they, looked, they loved that. Yeah. They were a bit suspicious. That was another book to be written about the Stones coming into the studio and ending up at six in the morning and the, the ferryman around the corner drinking pints and Guinness. <laughs> great story, great right. Looking back, if there was to be a highlight, what would you zone in on? Oh, God, um, that's a tough one now. You know, there's, there was such a great time. I, the, the one moment I always felt was so important to our turning around and putting us onto the world stages, and that was the, that first hall, that first concert at the Albert Hall in London, where there was 6,000 people, and they had three weeks' notice, and they sold it out, and we had no singing, flashing lights, smoke screen, no nothing, just bare, you know, seven microphones, right. no dancers even. And it was just solid music for the whole period of two and a half hours. And coming back up on the stage was like a, a you know, Manchester United match or something, the roar, and these people going dancing all around the theatre. It was so, and uh, parts of myself, you know, the goose pimples came and the tears came into our eyes and we hugged one another and we made it, you know. It took us 12 years to, yeah. you know, to do it our way. Like we, had, we had, like in the early 70s, been offered great opportunities because of groups like GVG, the number one in Europe, playing some of our reels, you know. So there was opportunities that they said, if you put a guitar in here and drums and all, it would be fantastic, you know. And I said, no, no, just let it happen the way we want it. And that's how it you know, that's how it all came about. So, you know, Matt Malloy, Matt at the baby, the band, as we say, he came in in 78, and it's been the same sort of lineup since then, mm. you know. With all the collaborations you've done, mm. and yeah. again, they're in their hundreds, <laughs> what would stand out in your mind there? There's some lovely, terrific things that happened. There's that women's album, you know, playing with Johnny Mitchell, and 
going to her house and just and recording there, you know, and uh, taking it away and then rebuilding it, you know, putting on it's just a Magdalene laundries, you know, and and putting on a a, a group of girls singers called the Screaming Orphans. <laughs> And a little bell of a church going in the background, and Adam, and she said herself, "There's my song. I just sang it with a guitar, but he's made that out of it, you know." And so there's there's moments like this, but great moments of, of recordings where I mean, the van thing has all just sticks out in my mind, you know. As I say, I could write a book on the happenings of that. I, I remember one thing was uh, when we were doing a Raglan Road. <laughs> And he was there, oh, right, he insisted on playing the drums. I said, Man, how am I going to get the drums out? The mighty, you're singing the vocals, you know. And there was no shit, we all sat in a room like this. There was no such thing as separation or nothing. You know, it was just go for it, you know. And if it didn't happen after three takes, that he'd lose interest then, you know, so the song was gone, you know. <laughs> so everything was, almost every song it was the first take, you know. And I had major surgery to do on some of them things, but, but there was one thing he was doing that song, and it wasn't about to let it go, but he, he, he kept, um, and he used to come down to the end of it, like, he'd go into one of these channels, as I call them, and go on, and, and we'd be trying to resolve, and sort of come down on the last call, da 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 we'd go back into it again, you see, and, so there was a, one or two terrible, uh, awful things, great up to then. I said, man, this any chance you can meet a Billy? You know, that's our expression. Billy the Billy is going to the end. Oh, oh okay, okay, Daddy, I'll give you the Billy. I'll give you the Billy. Me no problem. You know? And so I came down to the sun, coming down, and he looked at me with a strong Billy Billy. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't know what Billy Billy <laughs> Billy Billy. Uh, never forget that. <laughs> And we were up there, and um, somebody yelled at the signal to start playing, you know. 
and we sort of did a warm up kind of a 20 minute warm up before he, he came and before the mass and then during the mass we, we played uh, one or two pieces as well uh, I did I put together a special thing but that was a, a, when we finished playing this roar came back up so that the sound system got through to everybody and everyone was listening and you know that it took a second or two before the sea of people you know that, that this, this sound came back up and hit you you know what I mean right. it was, and then I think a year or two later we opened up for the, the Rolling Stones and they had only 80,000 people <laughs> <laughs> they were on here recently by the way they had a, a Frankie Gavin on this time alright but uh, they had the Chieftains on and it was terrific and um, it was a great day as well, you know, and we got a great reception, believe it or not, from the Rolling Stones audience at that time, you know, which is great. And if there was one piece of music mm. that stands out? Oh, something. Um, you know, to me, like all the albums, there's 45 of them now, like from the very one, two, three, they're all, they were all occasions, times when I was in the mood for certain music. And there might have been a, a film or something, I think, of the year of the French and working on that for a whole year. You know, the year of French was a TV series and, and uh, it dealt with the, with the um, uh, you know, inviting the French to Killala and all that. And unfortunately, it didn't turn out the way we wanted it again. <laughs> but uh, even appearing, we actually appeared in, in the year of the French as we were out in a courtyard playing music, uh, a farmyard, a big farmyard. And, people are jumping around now but um but yeah but just going back on the tunes and music it's, it's very difficult to know like this piece of mood is a lot and like i know women of ireland was a piece that i did you know that, that one is an oscar for mm -hmm. for um and sean O'Leary, of course was, um, it's not the way he had it you know I, I picked on that and did it in a different kind of way as a memorial piece for him you know in a, as a slow piece, not as a joyful piece. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but there's pieces of music like that, like playing the Fox Hunt and, and on Chieftains 2, I think it was. You know, that was a terrific bit, chasing of the Fox and that sort of stuff. Very difficult to know, which, you know, there's so many mm -hmm. wonderful, like Sour, Sour, Chucky Gun Sour, was Summertime, Summertime, if you'll come. And that was um, to do with seasons and the great memories of that. Like, I just rode up on the Dens of Antrim on a bog and Derry had sort of not passed out but he was having a snooze after this lovely lunch <laughs> and the harp was standing up and the wind was going through the trees through the, through the strings of the harp and I thought God it's a great introduction for something I had in mind you know the seasons and I started with Jack Frost and that was the opening set of sounds and, and then into the next piece started to build up you know the bluebells and, and, and the daffodils and the springtime into the bees <laughs> into the birds and the bees into the summertime mm -hmm. and then the fall of the leaves and going back to school and all these memories of, of uh, my childhood as well coming into that piece you know so you have visionary things that you try to uh, Bonaparte's retreat for instance which is um, I've just uh, finished a, a orchestrate uh, for a full symphony um, but that's a, a kind of a tone poem you might say telling the story of the Irish and the Flight of the Wild Geese, yeah. which has been celebrated mm -hmm. this year, two, four years. Mm -hmm. I opened up that way and then moves along. Uh, Dolores Keane, who had just released a great album collection of her, her songs, you know. Uh, she, she was the queen, as far as I was concerned, of the great trad singers, you know, Dolores. But uh, she recorded, that was her first time to record on, on vinyl, as it mm -hmm. was then. Um, 
And so that, that, that piece now has great memories. And doing that for the BBC, Sight and Sound, which was called Television and Radio. And you turn on your radio and you turn on your television, you get this great sound. Is this 1976? Mm -hmm. This is all Terrific memories like this, you know, that uh, happened. But even even today, there's great things going on. Something we performed for you in Ottawa. There's uh, a piece called Andro, which is a, a Breton a piece of music. And, and uh, I'm hoping to get have some of your pipers, even a full pipe band, which I had at Carnegie this year. And uh, it's a great tune for snake dancing. And just everybody in the hall get up and dance. And, and uh, it's, it goes around goes around the hall and someone will come up on the stage and it's, it's just terrific you know and and, uh, and this, this piece of music is quite um, rousing and, and sort of has a lovely feel about the people get really excited so I take it this is what Paddy Maloney is doing in his retirement <laughs> well as my wife recently says to you I would say to you you know he's in, he's in rehearsal for retirement <laughs> and that's been going on for 10 years yeah, so. yeah I'm not getting younger you know but um, you know this so many things that um, come at me. I get a bit worried when all these, like the the, the uh, British Association for Composers and Songwriters, gave an award last year for a life achievement. <laughs> you know, I got a life in this gold badge. You know, which is very impressive. And you know, Roger Daltrey was there getting something, and my bat, and it, it's, it's a big thing. And um, Bono got it one year and something like that. But um, and Sting, uh, uh, but. Uh, uh, I just got a, a call then two days ago. The the the, uh, the uh, press association in London uh, association with the Irish Post as well. Uh, they're giving me also an award, <laughs> which is taking place in two weeks' time. You know, but th there's always something going on. We have this Canadian thing. We're going to be playing at the Celtic Colours, of course, and which I'm looking forward to be played there about 15 years ago. Um, and that's going to have a huge crowd of people actually joining us. Uh, uh, on that particular occasion, we have uh, Ashley McIsaac and Mary Jane Lamond, Wendy McIsaac, and, and uh, the McGillivray kids. Oh, yes, yes. The yes. Cockers, who came on oh, tour. Yes. yes. To, this is something I like to do now, incidentally, is give a, try and help younger people and groups who want to try and make it into the brutal world of <laughs> music and that. And I bring them on this tour of the States, and the Cockers came two years ago for two, three months, they had a great time, and so it's helped them a lot, and mm. um, uh, Carlos Nunez, the Galician Piper was before that, and having done that, that album, you know, the Fire in the Kitchen, exactly, you know, that was yeah. um, 15 years ago, uh, invite her along as a special guest, mm -hmm. and many, many, you know, she came to Japan, which is, and she's, she came to the Antarctic in the year 2000, and uh, we were the first people to play music uh, on this ship, uh, just in, on Deception Island down in the Antarctic on this boat all Russian an old Russian uh, jizzed up uh, supposed to be a luxury liner <laughs> and uh, it was uh, for the new year so we saw the first light of the, of the new millennium and uh, Art Garfunkel came and, and sang on that boat too and and Dan Aykroyd came up and did a funny dance you know Dan Aykroyd he's like a character so uh, Natalie was with us on that and uh, and she's I mean Natalie's gone through the roof mm -hmm. not necessarily because of us or like that but she's just got so much talent and mm -hmm. you know she's done terrific but we did give her a good few years of a booster and I like to do that and uh, this year we had a young group from uh, we're at the moment we're the the resident musicians at the 
the Irish World Music Centre in Limerick, Mihola Sulon, mm-hmm. uh, organised that. And so we play there now every year and uh, we do a master class and we talk to young people. And So there was a group that graduated, they got their BAs from true Irish traditional music at the university and the, they're called Leiden. Six lovely, beautiful girls, and uh, they came on this tour. And shit, fantastic! And they were so good. I brought them to Japan with me, and which is in, in June as well. The place was in June. But now next year, uh, I was thinking about Scotland, and I always had ideas and about uh, having got another award from the uh, traditional music people up there for world achievement. And said, you know, I'd love to bring the Scottish group, you know, because the, the talent there that night mm-hmm. was just. Right. So I, I'm addressing that this year, you know, a few little Irishs out there looking around and so you never know. And I guess turn, guests turn up there like Elvis Costello right. came. We had the Notre Dame Symphony with us and I surprised him by saying, um, uh, this is the sound that he wrote the words for the anthem, but unfortunately you now he got stuck in that cursed parade and he wasn't able to get here because the crowd thinks this is as I often say that about Sting and he did come one year, you see. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, I told the conductor, I said, Why get the door open? So it was only a joke, you know, yeah. and out he comes with his wink of thicker shoes and, <laughs> and he sang the song, you know, the place where they erupted, you know. There's always wonderful moments like that, yeah. great occasions where you can surprise people with. And then going playing in, in Nara in Japan as well, at that Buddhist it's Nara, it's a wooden three-story high Buddhist um, monument. And uh, made of timber, which is unbelievable. But Bob Dylan was on that show and Joni played on it and, and in excess. And it's just, just, just a great, spectacular thing, you know. Little things pop back in your mind when you ask me 20 mm-hmm. minutes, 20 mm-hmm. minutes ago. Can you remember which concert yeah. or, or what tune or whatever? Yeah. But I could go on talking yeah. about them and these wonderful moments, you know. And they're still coming up. You know, there's an Italian guy there, 15 million albums or something. <laughs> so, <laughs> and he just, you know, he said, I, I, I want to do this song. Would you, would you arrange it? You know what I mean? Do your thing on it, you know? So I've just finished that, and that'll be coming out, you know, in a couple of months' time. And another film that that's happening on on the Loch Ness monster. This will mm-hmm. be of great interest uh, in the states or in Canada too. The Loch Ness monster. It's called Water Horse, and it's a lovely story about a young boy with this egg, and he, you know, he gets the big egg going, and and he has it in the bath, <laughs> and this this little monster eventually goes into the Loch Ness monster, which is animated. The the monster is animated, but the rest of the film is not. So um, James Newton Howard is a great uh, composer. He used to play with Elton John years ago, but he's done, you know, he did that um, King Kong. Mm-hmm. He did music for that and other massive scores. So he said, look. I know you're finished touring, but is there any chance you spend a week in London and do your thing? You know, so I, I did some of the music for him, or some of his music, but also our own music as well. And I think Sinead has written a song for it too. Sinead. Yeah. So that that's going to be coming out. There's a big blockbuster coming out at Christmas. Mm. Uh, so they want us over for promotion. So just, it's never never lets up, you know. There's always something buzzing, something going on, you know. Well, I'd say it's just as well you're retired, because you, you wouldn't have time to do that. <laughs> wouldn't have time otherwise. <laughs> That's very true. Like, we did take uh, July and August off, to be honest, uh, you know, uh, almost. Uh, I was so glad for Richard, my wife was saying she had a, an operation, so I was around for that. 
and it worked out great and uh, I was here at that time but yeah. now I'm getting back into the thick of it again there's always oh, something happening yeah. yeah well Paddy Maloney I've taken enough of your time and I think uh, the rest of the time that we need to spend together is in the National Arts Centre in Ottawa oh it has to and I should mention by the way Adrian Clark Dolan wonderful figure player and he's from from Nova Scotia I think or is it Ottawa I'm not quite sure but he's going to be with us as well as Jeff White. Okay. Yeah, and Jeff, incidentally, plays with, with uh, Royal Lovett and all those people. All right, okay. And uh, he recorded down the old bank road, so there'll be a bit of that going on as well, right. you know, and Jimmy Rankin will be our special guest, yes. of course. So it's, um, it's a big show that's... that's Derek, by the way, I eventually found a harbour after 12 months. Her name is Trina Marshall, and she is outstanding. She gets a, tears the house down every night. She can play that harp. Uh, that I've never heard the likes of it, you know, for such a young girl, you know, mm-hmm. and she was head of the orchestra here, but she's just magic. We love her, you know. So we're, we're delighted we're going back there and with a very strong set of lineup. Excellent. Paddy Maloney, thanks a million. Thank you very much. It's great to talk. Don't forget if you want to.